I'm Elena Becker, and this is PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today, we're recording in Moonyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Emily Katz, an alum in the class of 2018 who is a People Ops Associate and Talent Acquisition Coordinator at New Relic, a tech company in Portland, Oregon. Emily, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Elena. It is my pleasure. And right off the bat, um, where where are you right now? You're an alum of Puget Sound. Where in the world are you? Where have you landed? Yeah, absolutely. I live in Portland, Oregon. Um, I've been here almost a year, not quite. The second greatest uh, city in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the second greatest city. That's what that's what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what they call themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big selling point. Yeah, and you've been there. Almost a year, a little over a year, did you just say? Almost a year. I moved here uh, mid-October last year. So that was after you graduated, right? Do I have that timeline right? Mm-hmm. You graduated I, May of last, so not 2019, but 2018. 2018. Um, and then I spent the summer leading backpacking trips in rural Virginia. Um, and then once I had a little time out in the wilderness, I felt like I was ready to move back to the Northwest. And why Portland? Um, well, I thought about Seattle as well, because um, I definitely knew I wanted to stay in the Northwest. And I also thought about Tacoma, um, but I felt like I was very, still very connected to Tacoma. And I was a little worried about being able to disconnect after graduating. Um, so I decided that Portland would be a bit of a new adventure. And I would know a few people, but not not so many and would still have a chance to kind of get out of my comfort zone and, and make sure I made some new friends as well. So I decided I always had liked Portland, hadn't actually been there too many times, only only a handful, um, but decided to just kind of go for it. And not to put you too on the spot about your life, um, but is that what happened? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely um, really made me had to get, get out of my comfort zone. I um, I moved to Portland without a job. I knew that I really wanted to, to be in the Northwest and uh, I didn't want to have to apply for for jobs from the East Coast, um, where I'm from. So I decided to go for it. Um, and in the beginning, it was definitely, definitely hard. Um, had to try to go to go into meetups, stuff like that, um, which I actually um, still have one I go to every week. Um, actually, I'll probably go to it later tonight. I go to a <laughs> running club every week. I've made a lot of friends through that. Um, in the beginning, I went to more than just that one. Um, but now have found a lot more solid friends. And then, of course, kind of reconnected with people that I knew from college. Um, I now live with um, my college roommate, um, who <laughs> we were randomly <laughs> lived together our sophomore year and became quite good friends. Um, but initially, I lived with strangers, um, which was a little scary, but went okay. Uh, but definitely encouraged me to get out of the house and, and meet new people. Um, and then I started working as a barista for a while. And then after um, a few months, uh, I started my current job. Um, I work at uh, a tech company here in Portland called New Relic um, in the HR department. And one of the things that I sort of love about the arc that you've just sketched out is I think in so many ways, your first year after graduating from college sort of parallels your first year coming to college in that there's a certain amount, and this was true for me, certainly, of figuring it out that has to happen. There's a certain amount of, okay, I have some expectations, I have maybe some goals or some plans, and I'm going to have to do use a little bit of elbow grease and do a little bit of work to bring those into reality. 
Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, um, yeah, I think it did parallel in a lot of ways, um, even though it was, of course, a very a different experience and, and things aren't um, as planned out for you as you as they are when you first start orientation <laughs> right. at Puget Sound. But um, I definitely wish there was orientation leaders to guide me this time around. But um, in the same way, I think me deciding to, to go to school at Puget Sound was a pretty big leap in terms of co- uh, growing up outside of Boston um, and then deciding to go to a little liberal arts college in the Northwest that no one where I'm from had ever heard of. Right. No one could quite understand why I wanted to move to Washington. <laughs> um, but I think that the times in my life when I've kind of made that leap of faith and really pushed myself out of my comfort zone have definitely been the times where I've learned the most, where I've grown the most. And that was certainly true for my time at Puget Sound. And I definitely think that's been true this year as well. Um, and now a year later, I feel so much more settled. Um, yeah. I feel like I've been able to make some really wonderful connections here and um, people that I, I, tr- I truly enjoy. Um, whereas the beginning, you're kind of just like trying to meet all these sorts of people and, and not sure where it's going to go. So it's been cool to kind of see that transition happen. Yeah. And I want to return in a minute to your job and career and life in Portland. But I also want to not skip past something that you just said, which is when you were deciding that you wanted to come to a liberal arts college in Washington State, people in Massachusetts, sort of the land of liberal arts colleges, were like, why? What's the answer to that question? Why Why did you want to come out here? Why do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely knew that I wanted an adventure for college. I knew that I wanted to try something new. I kind of feel like you only get one chance in your life to up and move for four years when everyone else you know is also making a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like college was a, a big opportunity in that way. Um, and I was looking at a lot of small arts colleges kind of all over the place. Um, and I didn't get a chance to visit Puget Sound until about mid-April, my senior year. Um, I did a admitted student's day, stayed overnight, kind of the whole deal. Um, but as soon as I got here, as soon as I got out of the car, I remember being like, mom, this is it. <laughs> um, I definitely kind of had that moment, um, which I know is definitely not how everyone feels, but I just, the campus was like everything I imagined it to be. I met so many friendly people and just really enjoyed the classes I sat in on and really could see myself there in a way that I hadn't quite felt other places. Mm-hmm. I definitely found other schools that I enjoyed, um, but I hadn't really felt that connection until I um, visited at Puget Sound. And I think it, that made that part of it a, a really easy decision. Um, and I kind of hadn't visited until I'd figured out all the scholarships and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of had left it to the last minute, but um, I was, that part was a pretty easy decision. And also Puget Sound made it pretty easy once I got there in terms of, like I said, the, the really extensive orientation right. and just getting to go out and go on a backpacking trip on the Olympic Peninsula was incredible. Um, and that was a whole story in itself, um, my orientation <laughs> experience, um, but was so much fun. Where did you go on the peninsula? Well, actually, now that I said the backpacking trip, um, I take it back. Um, I missed the bus (laughs) to my passages trip, um, my orientation trip. (laughs) Um, I did still go out to um, the the camp we ran out on the Hood Canal, um, and I had an incredible group. I made so many great friends. Um, Actually, like one of my really good friends from freshman year. Um, But I was really bummed I didn't go to go backpacking. And so then, and you were supposed to go if you'd caught the bus, you would have gone backpacking. 
yeah, it was really embarrassing. I'm not usually someone who misses buses um, and sleeps <laughs> through my alarm, but um, of course it happened three days into college. I was pretty terrified and pretty horrified that it, that it happened. Um, I called my mom crying and oh. she later was like, I really thought something was terribly wrong. I was so worried you just started college, um, but it was really just me missing the bus, being really embarrassed, but I made, I had a really wonderful time. Um, and then I was that much more encouraged to become an orientation leader and mm. to lead backpacking trips myself. And so I did get to lead quite a few more trips. Yeah, that's true. You've actually been on those trips, maybe not as a first year in college, but many a time. Yeah. And I also, it also gave me a, another appreciation for the groups that were at base camp because um, mm-hmm. I had such an incredible time doing that too. But then as a leader, I was excited to do both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, the sort of the larger point you're making, one of the really valuable things about an orientation in college is that it allows you to kind of take that leap of faith, especially from farther away, with some degree of confidence in what's going to happen next. That, you know, you maybe aren't able to picture like what the weather will be like in January or who your friends will be or what you're going to major in. But you can have a, a really a fairly concrete sense of, OK, for the first week here's what I'm going to do. And you can plan accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell people if they, you got to get stuck in this, in this group out in the woods. Um, of course, you don't have to choose to go out in the woods, but a lot, a lot of people do end up doing that. And even when it's a little bit scary, but you kind of get forced into making some friends because you're all out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, there's no better way to, to make friends than to be kind of out of your comfort zone in that way. And then you come back to campus and you kind of feel like. You got campus, to come home. Yeah, you got to come home. It feels like you yeah. were gone for a second and you got to come home. Yeah. So I really appreciate that that, uh, that orientation fosters that experience. Um, and you get to meet so many people during, during that first um, week. And, and then by the time you start school, I feel like you already have made a lot of connections right. in, in many different areas. And that's one of the things I really love about orientation in general is even if you're not going on a wilderness trip, even if you've picked a different immersive experience, so you are like studying theater in the greater Puget Sound or engineering, or you're looking at food security, that some of the value, a big chunk of the value is the actual content of your experience. But also a big chunk of the value is getting to know people. And just as you've just said, physically getting off campus. And in my mind, that accomplishes two things. One, it means you can't like go back to your dorm room and put your posters up if you get stressed out, right? That it, it sort of asks you to lean into the discomfort a little bit of I'm new here and I don't know anybody. Um, and two, because you're in this small group of 10 or 12 people all also having that experience, you, you do kind of get some Insta friends right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like my experience with that was kind of a, a testament to like, even if things go right well, terribly wrong, <laughs> um, they still worked out pretty well. And I had so much fun um, once I kind of got over the initial embarrassment of all of that. Once orientation finished for you, Emily, what, can you sketch out a little bit your kind of trajectory through school from there? Were you, how did you decide what you were going to major in? When did those things come into your life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I started out thinking that I was going to double major in art and psychology. Um, that was kind of my initial thought going in I had an art scholarship that required me to major in art, and I, I'm actually really glad that I had that little extra push because I was really interested in art, but I was a little nervous about um, having that be one of my college majors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but had that extra push and I really fell in love with sculpture. Um, at, I think my first class of my first day of college was my intro to 3D design class um, hmm. with my professor, Michael Johnson, who's um, one of my advisors and uh, someone who's just such a mentor throughout college. And that was an incredible class. Um, and I ended up being being a, a course assistant for that later on in school as well. Um, so it's kind of a special special place in my heart. Um, but as soon as I had that class, I, I knew that that was the right path for me, sculpture. Um, on the other hand, um, I didn't really know what anthropology was, um, which I ultimately <laughs> ended up double majoring uh, with my sculpture major. Um, but, so I initially kind of started out thinking I was doing psychology. Um, and then I actually didn't change my major until I think like fall of my sophomore year. Um, I actually took a religion class that kind of changed my mind, um, which is kind of funny because it's not even what I ended up majoring in. But um, as part of my core classes, you know, you're taking all sorts of things outside my major. And I took um, this incredible class, uh, Religions of the Book with Greta Austin, um, that is still one of my favorite classes of college. And it was kind of an academic study of um, the Abrahamic religions. And it just got me to think in a way that was so different than I had thought about religion before. And I was so interested in how it influenced so many different aspects of society um, and people's lives in so many different ways. And that kind of got me thinking, okay, maybe I need to think, rethink um, what I'm majoring in. And I thought about religion. I thought about um, our sociology and anthropology department, talked to a bunch of different professors. And I ultimately decided on the sociology and anthropology route, um, mostly because it gave me a little bit more flexibility in terms of um, what things I studied. And I was very interested in kind of the qualitative research aspect of that. Um, and so I ultimately decided to change my major. Um, I actually had already picked my classes for the spring and had to go beg professors <laughs> to let me into their classes, but was able to get it all sorted out and um, and change to an anthropology major. So it's a little back and forth. Um, everyone always, of course, thinks that they know what they're going to major in when they first start, but it was a bit of a change for me. Um, and I think one of your anthropology professors actually owns one of your sculptures, right? There was some crossover there as well. <laughs> yes. Um, Andrew Gardner does own one of my sculptures um, in his house, which is pretty cool um, to kind of yeah see that intersection of my two different majors for sure. Well, and I think also just a, like a cool testament to the work that you're doing, right? That somebody who cares about you and cares about your work in a different respect shows up to, I actually don't know how it happened that he has that piece. So I'm going to make up a story and you can tell me if I'm right. Um, <laughs> but like shows up to a senior art opening and is like, this is cool. I I really genuinely like this. He actually, um, in one of our one-on-one meetings, he's my other advisor, um, was like, oh, what sort of art are you making? Like, was just kind of curious about my other major. And so I showed him some pictures on my phone and he was like, I want that one. Like, <laughs> can I have that? And I was like, yeah, I guess I'm always looking for homes for my sculptures um, because it is just so hard to, when you're an art student, especially when you're a 3D art student, to figure out what in the world are you going to do with all these giant sculptures that you've right. made when you live, your family lives 3,000 miles away. Um, <laughs> there's not exactly anywhere to take them. So um, I was quite happy to uh, be able to have him hang on to that. And also it was, it was a little bit of a debacle because he lives in a very difficult location to transport sculptures to um, down on the water at Salmon Beach. Um, so we had to carry it down like 200 steps, but we made it.
Hi, I'm Tori Hansen, Assistant Director of Admission at Puget Sound, working with students in the Mid-Atlantic and in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as all of our transfer students. If you like what you hear on this podcast, you can learn even more about Puget Sound by coming to campus. Schedule your visit at pugetsound.edu visit. We'd love to host you. How do you get, Emily, from a double major in anthropology and studio art to working at a tech firm? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think a big uh, influence on my current job in our HR department here at New Relic is, has a lot to do with my job in the Office of the Mission all throughout college. So I started out as a first-year host um, and actually also an office assistant for my work study in the admission office. I guess I started with that first um, and then I got to know everyone and was like, oh, I should be a first-year host. So I uh, worked there quite a bit, then was a tour guide. And just and real quick, will you explain what a first-year host is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was like an overnight host for students who were visiting the the school and wanted to stay overnight to kind of add to their experience. So they, um, they can stay with you. They can sleep on your floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they sleep on my floor. I take them to whatever events and things I was doing that night, my extracurriculars, and introduce them to other visiting students and other current students and um, help them like see a little bit more than just the, the tour can offer. And then you graduate from that to being a tour guide. Maybe graduate mm-hmm. is not the right word. You progress from that yeah, to, being a, to being a tour guide and get to show people around campus whenever they visit. Um, and then, yeah, my junior and senior year, I was a campus visit program coordinator. Um, so I worked on a team. There was five of us who kind of put together, we kind of worked one 40-hour work week. Um, so we kind of all worked together to, to run our campus visit program and to manage um, our student tour guide and first-year host team um, and kind of help with some of the, the admitted students events and all that kind of stuff as well and schedule everything for everyone who's on visiting on campus. And what I assume the transition you're getting at is that that's a lot of the um, sort of like organizational and human resources type work that you're doing now, or at least leads some of your other broader liberal arts skills, the critical thinking and the writing and communication skills starts to lead it in the direction of organizational dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually am in, to be more specific, I'm in a hybrid role. So I am a people ops associate, which is kind of what we call our HR department here. And on that side, I I run our onboarding program. Um, So I kind of facilitate basically a three-hour training every week. Um, I run a couple of different like monthly and quarterly events. Um, So some of those skills that I got from being a tour guide um, and being a coordinator in that aspect um, and kind of working with people. And then also on the organizational aspect, um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is, is similar to the type of work that I was doing in the admission office. And then on the other hand, I'm also a talent acquisition coordinator. So I do a lot of uh, coordinating with recruiters and hiring managers and candidates to schedule interviews um, and also host them when they're on site interviewing here at our office. So kind of between the two of those things, I get to have a really dynamic position Um, which I think that the coordinator position is exceptionally dynamic and really set me up to be successful in a role like this. One of the other things that I want to make sure I talk to you about, so 
what we've tried to do with the podcast, what we try to do with a lot of our materials is make sure that we're talking to people sort of across a spectrum of experiences. So diversity of majors, backgrounds, lived experiences, and with alums, a diversity of graduation years. And one of the things that I knew to be true, but have really had reemphasized to me through that is how much your plans and goals in life can evolve over the course of living it. In my job, we really talk a lot about what the outcome of your college education will be. You know, we bandy about statistics like who's employed within six months of graduating and who's in graduate school within six months of graduating. And I think doing that and having that short term lens on it makes it really easy to forget that whatever job you have, whatever graduate degree you're going for, whatever thing you do to fill your time, you learn something and evolve and move on. And so I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit as somebody who has just finished her first year out of college. How do you see your life growing? How do you see your world continuing to move and expand and be dynamic? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, well, I mean, my, my life is definitely very different than I kind of initially imagined. I think mm-hmm. when you when you're thinking about graduation, you think, okay, I'm going to have a job doing something that you're passionate about or, you know, whatever thing it is that you uh, imagine post-grad to be like. Um, And it's definitely been definitely a crazy adventure in terms of it having to realize that like when you graduate, the kind of the goalpost moves when you're in, in school, you know, exactly what things you're shooting for. And then you graduate and you have to kind of learn it all over again. Um, So that in itself has been a bit of an adventure, but I think that Puget Sound really prepared me quite well for being able to kind of go with the flow and also keep pushing for more. Um, I think that that when I think throughout all of my experiences at Puget Sound, they taught me how to be independent. Um, they also taught me how to how to have a lot more confidence in myself. Um, and kind of honed in on what exactly my passions were. Um, and even though I think that when you starting out at your first job, um, you're definitely going to still be kind of figuring out like, what exactly do I want in my day to day and learning a lot from just being at a job for 40 hours a week. Um, there's so much that you learn just from that experience. Um, and so even in this first six months that I've been at my current job, I have learned so, so much. Sure. Um, and I don't exactly even know where I'll be, you know, next year or five years or when people ask questions like that, it's a little <laughs> bit scary, but I think that um, just having the opportunity in school to, to tackle so many different projects and to kind of expand my thinking in so many ways, um, it's allowed me to know that I have so many different interests and I could go down so many different paths in the future. Um, so I, I think I'm still kind of figuring out what exactly it is I want to do with my life. But I think that um, it, it seems like you don't just need one job or one path that you're going to stay with for the next four years, that there's so many different options. Um, and I think Puget Sound has, has made me a lot more open to that, those kinds of ideas. Hmm. Um, and I think that I kind of continue to to throw in little bits of my creativity for my art major, or hmm. um, I'm working on a little research project interviewing uh, different employees about their onboarding experience and kind of incorporating some of those things into my into my current job, um, which has been a lot of fun. And I'll definitely be excited to kind of see where I go next. Um, and I think I'm 
it's something I'm not so, so scared of the unknown, um, kind of because of the, the, the skills that Puget Sound built up for me. One of the things that I'm hearing as I'm listening to you talk, and that is also true for me or is true of me, um, is I love your analogy about moving the goalposts because one of the things that I think happened for me when I graduated from college is I sort of made the hero's journey in reverse, <laughs> right? Where I went from being like this, I mean, not to pat myself on the back too much, but like really successful student at a really great university. I was getting to do all of this like really interesting, creative, self-directed work. And I went from, as you rightly say, this place of like you have all these opportunities, anything is possible to having to be reminded that like, yeah, you don't walk right out of your bachelor's degree and into surgery or into trying a case in front of the Supreme Court or into a U.S. Senate seat, or into cutting-edge cancer research, or into curating a exhibit at the Met. And I think so often we sort of fixate on like the terminus of a career as what we want and forget about the steps along the way. And I, um, I was certainly reminded of that when I graduated from college, right? That none of us should walk right out of a bachelor's degree and into surgery or the Supreme Court. That That is the way that it's supposed to be. But I also think it's important to hold that for yourself and be okay a little bit with the process of, I don't know what this is going to look like. I can't draw a line through my future from A to B. I can just learn what I'm learning and make choices and surround myself with good people and be thoughtful about my future and my next step. Uh, and and trust that I've been well prepared. Yeah, absolutely. I think that really resonates with me. I also felt really similarly that it is a big shift, um, but there's but there's a lot out there and there's a lot to learn. And I think that we'll probably all take much more interesting paths because we had the those experiences in college where we got to have so much self directed projects and experiences and just really got to to have a little taste of that because it makes me want to get there again. Um, and it definitely looks a little different outside of school, uh, um, but it definitely gives me hope for all types of experiences that, that could be in my future. Emily, we wrap up all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. Question number one is, what's your favorite place on campus? Oh, let's see. I think the the kind of patch of, of woods that are right outside uh, the music building and, and Todd Field, kind of right in between there. I really love that area, especially when it's actually both when there's sunshine coming through the trees and also when it's kind of misty and kind of feels like you're out in the forest as well. What are you reading right now? Oh, um, I'm reading a couple different books. Um, one, um, so I am reading this book called Masters of Sex, which is an, uh, a biography about two researchers, um, Masters and Johnson, um, who did some groundbreaking research um, in the late 50s and 60s. Um, and I have a lot of interest in sex education, so it's been cool to kind of learn about some of the research that influenced that. What is the best place to eat in Tacoma? Oh, that's so hard. Um, 
I really like Brewers Row um, and also Red Hot. Those are the ones I definitely visit the most when I come back. Lastly, Emily, what makes Puget Sound special? Oh, so hard. So many (laughs) things. Um, I think that at least what stands out to me right now, I think there's so many things that I could talk about, but what stands out to me right now is the relationships with professors. I think that is something that's really, really incredible. Um, I think it's really a a lot of small library arts college, you know, have small class sizes and um, stuff like that. But I think there's kind of this extra step that Puget Sound professors go to where they're, you know, like come to my office hours if you have questions about class, but they're also like, or if you want to talk and tell me about what's going on in your life or things like that. Um, I had so many amazing conversations with various professors who uh, became great mentors and also uh, staff as well. Um, But about so many different, my thoughts about my future and or having a bad day, so many different times where they became someone who was kind of beyond just that role of professor. Um, And I think so many of those relationships have have and will continue on um, for many more years. And they're not people that it just kind of ends the moment you graduate. And I think that's pretty amazing um, to know that when I'm back in Tacoma, I have, you know, students that I still want to see, but I also have professors and staff who have made big, big impacts on my life. And those are the kind of things, those relationships that, that stick with you, even when uh, kind of college starts to fade over the years. Emily Katz, thanks for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of PS, the Puget Sound podcast.